All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. It is Friday, Fandom Friday segment that we do every Friday. And this one I just got to jump right into. Because, uh, once again, we've gone a little bit long with the Fandom Friday segments, which is great. Uh, but today we have Eric Jensen on. And before we get to him, I just want to throw out our social media avenues in which you can follow the show. LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Search for Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, things you like the Avalanche are doing things that you don't like that they're doing uh, trade deadline deals that you wish they had made. If you want to be on this fandom Friday segment, drop me a line at lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. We are going to jump into the fandom Friday segment right now, because as you will see early on, Eric is a passionate guy and we go in a couple different directions when we, I typically have a formula of questions I want to ask people and if we go off on different avenues, that's completely fine. And as you will see, we do, because Eric is, he, he has a lot to say. All of it is, is fantastic, which is why I want people on these segments. So let's jump right in right now. Eric Jensen, Fandom Friday. All right, so welcome back. And like I said in the opening segment, it's Friday, which is another Fandom Friday segment. And today we have Avalanche fan Eric Jensen on the show. Eric, how are you doing today, sir? What up? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we went live here. And you, it's kind of like six, de- or what is it? Six degrees, seven degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation of like, uh, you know, you know, everybody in, in the world through six different people. And you actually know our leader and founder, Mr. Locke of Locked On Podcasts, through your your everyday job. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, I have never met Mr. Locke in in person. Only heard him call over the phone. I am a very low level employee at twelve eighty the zone, which is a a radio station out here in Utah. I'm the station that carries all the jazz games. So uh, he is, of course, the play-by-play voice of them, right. and um, I have recorded Super Bowl broadcasts for him and and uh, certain Kevin Harlan joints, as he is a consummate professional and likes to go back and pick up on Kevin Harlan as he thinks, as he should, that Kevin Harlan is the best in the game at doing the whole commentary thing, which I w- would tend to agree with, maybe outside of Mike Tirico. For me to go... Okay. Doc Emmerich, Mike Tirico, and then Kevin Harlan, personally. But you didn't ask me about my broadcasting power <laughs> rankings. I'm sorry. I tend, I tend no, to ramble I sometimes. I love it. I, and, and I think that those are, yeah, those are like Mount Rushmore people. I've always liked Dick Enberg. I mean, I know he's, he's you know, gone. What, he died last year, I think it was, Dick Enberg? Mm-hmm. But he's always been my favorite announcer. But, uh, yeah, that that's Pretty great. I mean, I did not know that up until maybe five minutes ago that you you work for the same company as he does, and and you like you said you are you live in in Utah, correct? Yeah, yeah, I I live in Salt Lake. 
um, and born so and you raised are, here. Okay, so you are a a Utah Jazz fan then? Uh yes, uh, but it, it, I I didn't grow up like watching the Jazz because they're like a cable TV joint, and I did not have cable TV growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. but but the the local sports team here that I probably follow the closest is actually our soccer franchise. Yeah. I follow Real Salt Lake really closely. Uh, but I, I do watch a ton of jazz games and for work, I obviously have to watch a ton of jazz games, but I would not consider myself the most diehard jazz fan, which I think is good when you're working in media and you kind of have to be, uh, objective. Very good point. Very good point. Um, so then let's bring this to the avalanche. Then you are obviously a Colorado avalanche fan. How did that come about? for someone born and raised in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, not that far away from Colorado, obviously. Is it, was it just because you're, you know, the vicinity and, and you know, what in people in Utah, who is their hockey team really? Is it the Avalanche? Is we, it because you're kind of in so, an interesting area? Yeah, so I'll that's like two questions. I'll answer how I got into this first because I do want to get into your second question because I think Utah as a hockey market is fascinating. Okay. Um, but I got into it. Uh, so my dad's actually from Colorado. Uh, okay. My dad was born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. Um, he grew up while and now I am not good on history. So please, if you are a diehard Avalanche fan and you are listening to this, do not judge me too hard. That's but quite he right. be- became a fan right when the original franchise, right when the Rockies left to, for New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, correct. I'm, I'm getting that right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and then he was kind of brought back into the fold when they moved back in 95 or 96 or whenever it was. Right. Okay. So, but he was a, a diehard kind of Colorado Rockies fan, uh, growing up, didn't follow the team to New Jersey, obviously. And then when the avalanche came in, uh, he was, uh, switched to being an avalanche fan and me and my dad, um, we just we we watch most all the games together. Like I said, we don't really have cable television or anything, so we're very much kind of box score hockey fans, if that makes sense. But we watch all the highlight packages. We watch every single goal that's ever been scored by the Colorado Avalanche for the past six years. I've seen. Um, I'm very proud of that. Right. Um, and I I I honestly started recently just watching the full games because I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I can save this on this podcast, but I use <laughs> illegal online streaming <laughs> uh, okay. being here, being here in, in Salt Lake city to steal from the fine folks at altitude sports. And, uh, but I feel, fi- I figured, you know, they're kind of giving a raw deal to the Comcast people or whoever in Colorado. So, I mean, what's no harm, no foul, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So then get to the second part of it about, you know, like you said, it's an interesting area for Utah and hockey. I'm sure, you know, being the state that it is, they do enjoy winter sports. Um, So who in, in the realm of the hockey world and obviously the NHL in particular, who do people in that area typically follow? Yeah. So we aren't, for as much as you just said about it being like a winter sports state, it is not a hockey market. 
It, hmm. it really is not a hockey market at all. I mean, I believe at this point, we're an AHL team. We have the Salt Lake Grizzlies, who I believe are now, they used to be an affiliate of the, I want to say they used to be an affiliate of the Avalanche, but don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they are the AHL team currently for the Ducks. Um which is weird because, like, why would a Southern California hockey team uh, choose Salt Lake City as their uh, minor league city? But, I mean, I guess that's that way all across the country. So, But there aren't really hardcore hockey fans here. I've met maybe one or two, but they're usually transplants from other parts of the nation. It's if you grew up playing hockey, obviously you're a hockey fan. And then if you're from a hockey market, you're a hockey fan. And my dad didn't grow up playing hockey but he's from a hockey market, so that is the reason I am a hockey fan. But I love hockey. I would say my main sport is football. I cover that on a, a football podcast I have, and my sec- and I cover a ton of college football for my job living here in Utah as well as the NBA. But uh, one of the main reasons I really gravitated towards the avalanche, I guess, is that Hockey is really the one sport where I'm just a pure kind of diehard fan. Like, honestly, I might have a tad bit of analysis here or there, but like, I love the Colorado Avalanche. I'm Mm -hmm. really pessimistic about all my sports teams, but the Avalanche, I always find a positive spin on. Uh, (laughs) I, I love the team. I'm like a typical kind of, I see you know, you hate to be that annoying fan on Twitter that's always like, oh, yeah, my team's the best. But I, I really am that way with the Colorado Avalanche. They're the only team that, like, and I love the Broncos. They're, they're my NFL team. But the, okay. the Avalanche are really the team that, like, if you sat me down on a couch and gauged my emotion, they would provide the most emotion, would be the Colorado Avalanche. Really? Yeah. That's all right. Well, I know like the, the, the Grizzlies do have an affiliation with the Avalanche because um, I believe they're the what is it like the ECHL league? ECHL, yeah. 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 And they, and they I do knew have AHL a, was wrong. The, yeah, the AHL is a different team, but the, the ECHL, I'm pretty sure they still do have an affiliation with, with the Avalanche. So, um, so yeah, so it, you are a Broncos fan. So you kind of have gravitated towards uh, Colorado sport teams. Um, so, I, you know, not going too far off base is, is you're, you're an Avalanche fan. You're a Broncos fan. Did it keep up with like, you know, you said you're not too much into the jazz. Does that mean you're more into the nuggets? No, the not really. It, it, it kind of, it kind of stops there as far as Colorado um, fandom goes i i recently got into baseball just because we have a minor league baseball team here and my job actually deals very that's the sport i cover the most um is is baseball so so i cover the bees really closely so i actually follow the avalanche and the cincinnati sorry not the avalanche the angels and the cincinnati reds really closely and then nba it's it's the jazz but i have been watching more nba this year just to get a feel of kind of the entire league and man the nuggets not to get too far off track but the nuggets <laughs> are having a good year they're playing really they, well right I, now i don't really yeah. follow nba so I, I couldn't really tell you if they were but if they are great that's awesome yeah they're, um, they're, they're having a good season right now that's good all right um 
so what can you remember about like your early days of avalanche fandom was it you know back in the joe sackick patrick wah peter forsberg days or was was it more more recent I'm very young. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm 20 years old. I was a wee uh, baby when uh, my dad's favorite story to tell me is um, when they won the cup back in what was it 2000. Um, I was on his lap. I was uh, on his lap in our in our front living room while he was doing laundry. So technically, I have <laughs> been alive for a cup, but okay. I have never personally seen the Avalanche. When a cup, I I got into sports in general. I love them now, but I got into sports pretty late, later than your typical kid. I really started only following when I was in about eighth or ninth grade. So I really got into the avalanche, like kind of the Matt Duchesne years. Um, 2013 was the first time I followed the team super closely. I believe that was the first year we had Barlamov on the team. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that is kind of when I started following the team. And then I've gotten much more into it this year cause I'm watching a ton more of their games and, mm-hmm. but I've always followed them uh, pretty closely. I, I love hockey. It's just so much fun to watch. Oh yeah. It's the, it's, it's the greatest sport there is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, you know, and, and I'm not just because I do a, a podcast involving a hockey team. It's just, it's, it's the, the sport where, Every second that is ticking off the clock, there's action going on. No other yeah. sport can claim that. None. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. Like, I was thinking like as we got into this, I was like, how big a, I was kind of questioning myself. I was like, how big a hockey fan am I? And if I had to be put on like a desert island with one sport, as much as I watch football and as much as I love football, I think I'd have to choose hockey because oh, I get absolutely. footballed out after after a little while, like after the football season's done, I'm ready to stop watching football for a few months. 100%. Uh, but I, with, with this caveat, if I were on a desert Island, I'd request to watch hockey from the months of December on and I'd be, I'd be fine for life. Right. Yeah. Because like, I'm with you with the football thing. Like I love football and I get excited when football season's here. I'm a big Broncos fan. And when, when the Super Bowl is over, I I am like you said, I am footballed out. And now like this whole like XFL thing has like yeah, picked I can't up right that. away. And I'm like, I don't want that. I, I'm done with football. Yeah. And it's nothing against the XFL, but I'm just I'm 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 over football. But a hockey game, I can sit down and watch a hockey game because you know there there's a more likelihood that that is going to be an entertaining close game with no real it could go either way when in football you pretty much know who's going to win sure you get those upsets but in hockey any day any team can win and it, the the parity in hockey is unmatched in any in any sport my opinion. yeah I, I i would totally agree with you i mm-hmm. i mean you look at it you i stand by the fact too that hockey has everyone loves to say oh March Madness NFL playoffs. Those are the best playoffs. They're wrong. They're just totally wrong. The best playoffs are the Stanley Cup playoffs because you can get an eight seed like the Los Angeles Kings a few years ago that go the all the way that, that go all the, that go all the way and win a cup. The Tampa Bay right. Lightning swept the best team in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Swept them. 
the Lightning right. didn't even get one game on them. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the most parody you can have in sports, and I think it's the most exciting. You know nothing about the playoffs, which is why this year I'm a little bit nervous, and I know we'll get into that later, but you just – Literally, once you're in the playoffs, anyone has a chance to win the Stanley. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. Yep. And I, I, the the old saying for anybody that's like not into hockey but wants to get into hockey is it the thing is always I can't watch it on TV, and oh, I I like it much better live, and I just don't feel like that holds water anymore. Just the the, the action is 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 as entertaining maybe if not more at home than it is being at an arena. So, uh, and I've turned a lot of people on, but what I will tell people, like you said, because the playoffs are really where it's at. um, I will tell people that really want to get into hockey. If you want to get into hockey, start at the playoffs. Yeah. Because those games are. Yep. What's that? Yeah. Just watch the playoffs every year. That's really kind of how I got it got into it like when I was it it, hockey is probably just because my dad's a really diehard hockey fan like the first sporting event event I remember ever watching on tv was that uh way back in like 2000 probably it was like 2008 or 9 when Bruins uh Canucks that seven game series with Luongo and Tim Thomas uh Mm. back in the day um and man, yeah, hockey playoffs are just the best. You're absolutely right. You should start there. I don't, and you're right. Like, I get why people say watching live hockey is great because, as someone who doesn't really ever, I've been to three Colorado Avalanche games in my time. I, I think I'm bad luck, though, because I'm pretty sure we're like one and two in those three games. <laughs> and, um, I went to like the Stars game, the first Stars game this year in November when I went back to go see a Broncos game because um, my uncle has season tickets for the, for the Broncos and I was just in town and the Avs were playing and I was like, oh, I just got to, they were, they started so good. I was like, I got to be part of this season. Um, and it sucked because they lost that game. <laughs> they lost that game like. What what was it? Prob- I don't know if you have good recall on this stuff, but it was probably like 2-1 I think they lost to the Stars early on in the year. It was probably the worst game they played in 10 games. Um, it was something but, like that, I think, yeah. But yeah, you, the, the one thing that stood out to me is like, holy cow, Nathan McKinnon's speed in person. Like, <laughs> I, I, and this is to your point. I always, I always get his speed on TV. I, I see it and I'm like, holy cow, that guy's fast. To me, there's no faster player in the NHL outside of Connor McDavid than Nathan right. McKinnon. Like, yeah. Connor McDavid, I, I, I have undying respect for him. I think by, far and away, he's the best player in hockey, but the second fastest and best player in hockey is Nathan McKinnon. And to see him live, the way they use him on that power play where they just let him get a full speed of, full steam of ice from the defensive zone through the neutral zone, man, that's like crazy to watch in person. So I, I get the allure of in-person hockey as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're probably too young to remember, but uh, when when the NHL was on Fox, they had the a a, a they had a, a what the heck was it called a a hollow a hologram puck or something like oh man it's the name is escaping me. But if you were watching on TV, they always had a, a blue uh, light like sh- following the puck. Every, fans hated it. 
And whenever a slap shot was taken, there was like a trail of red coming from it. It almost looked like a comet. It was the dumbest thing in the world. That sounds uh, like awful. Puck. It was like a glow puck or something like that. And that sounds I tell awful. people, what's that? That sounds awful. That it was legitimately so sounds like it would take away from my enjoyment of a game. <laughs> it was so dumb. And it, it's just Fox trying to come up with something new and creative and it, and it failed massively. You can go on YouTube and, and look it up. It's either like glow puck or hologram puck. I can't remember what the hell they called it, but it was dumb. But I tell people like Nathan McKinnon is so fast. If they still had that technology, it would just be a trail of red behind him the entire time he's just skating around. He is he's that fast. He's, he's like he's like a a slap shot that's constantly skating around and it's just fun to watch him. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're on the topic. So why don't we get into this year's team? You've been to a couple games. Um, I'm sure you have to be happy with how the team is performing this year. What's your overall impression of uh, this season's Colorado Avalanche? I I think that so rarely in sports do teams live up to the hype, but this team truly lived up to the hype because everyone going into last offseason was saying, okay, it's just that top line and we don't have any depth and we need depth. And so Joe Sackett took over the summer was like, okay, I'm going to get us like the most depth in the NHL. And look at us now, like, holy cow. Like I was looking at some of the stats here. If I can, I'm kind of a stat head myself just because I don't, because for so many years I didn't watch a game. There, there are like outside of maybe, maybe, uh, Kamnev, who has kind of been a disappointment this year. Like everyone has produced like quality points. Like I believe they have like 10 guys who have like 10 or more points. And it's crazy how spread out they are. And I get that Nathan McKinnon's still the heavy workload guy, but they have one, two, three, four, 40 plus scorers or more. Like that's crazy to me. So that's, that's a number one thing that stands out to me is how deep this team is and how deep they've been, even though they've been like one of the most injured teams in the entire NHL. It's just, it, it gives me kind of goosebumps thinking like, what if we get Kadri and Miko back in, in two weeks or whatever and what if they get hot going into the playoffs? Like, how are you going to stop that roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, that that was the sticking point for them last year. Everybody calling them a one-line team, and Sackick went out and did what a good GM does and got some secondary scoring. And, and the, the funny thing is, yeah, that secondary scoring has been great, but a lot of it's been injured, and all these guys are just stepping up and picking up the slack. So these guys that you had signed in the offseason, expecting them to be the the secondary scoring, have been, but so have the people that have been taking their place when they're injured. So it's like secondary scoring, tertiary scoring, just all all levels of scoring, and it's just showing up on the stat sheet, like you said. I mean, they I want to look that up, see how many uh, double-digit scores they have. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I, I have it up. Let me. This is terrible podcasting. Let me count them out loud. So Nathan <laughs> McKinnon has eighty-eight points. Kale McCarr is forty-seven points. Burkowski has forty-five. 
Miko Rantanen, 41, Gabriel Landeskog, 37, Kadri has 36, Gerard has 34, Donskoy has 32. That alone is 830-plus point scorers. That's crazy. That's good. Uh, J.D. Comfer has 28, Vlad Nechuskin has 26, I've although I know he hasn't been there quite as long with some of his call-ups and call-downs, uh, but that's still really good. Ryan Graves has 26 points, and I've run out of hands. 25, <laughs> 25 points for Matt Calvert, 25 points for Ian Cole, 22 points for Tyson Jost. Man, I didn't realize. 20 points for Matt Nieto. 20 points for therefore Pierre-Edward Belmar has 20 points. That's crazy. And I know yeah. he's he has played so well this year. That's 15 players with 20 points or more on this team. And then there's two more 13-point scorers in Zadorov and Johnson. That's 17 guys that have scored over 10 points. That's crazy. That's, That's like nuts. your entire roster is having a career year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is – and it's a team that – as young as they are, has been together for for a good amount of time, with the exception of the additions in the in last season, clearly. But before that, all these guys have been together for a good amount of time, and that's a big reason why Sackick did not want to blow it up at trade deadline time, because he he likes the camaraderie on this team, and those stats you just rattled off are the reason why. So why why you know throw this into chaos just to bring in? A couple guys. If you're happy with what you got and the the stats show that things are going well, keep rolling with it, you know? And the crazy part about it, Chris, is if these guys are healthy, if if not, because yeah. everyone on this, it feels like every one of those guys I just listed has picked up an injury at some point this year. If we have a guy who's played, like you look at Nathan McKinnon, who's played almost every game, he has 88 points. Like imagine... Imagine if Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog did not get hurt this year. Like, mm-hmm. there's potential that they'd be like 70 point scorers. Like, it is at, at this point in the season. I don't think that's crazy to say. I don't know. They were last year. They when when they were that you know quote unquote one line team. All three of them were having career years. Uh, Rantanen was was leading the the league in points for a good chunk of the season, and then he tailed off at the end. And Landeskog was consistent to consistent the entire season. Um, and you're right. If they didn't get injured with all of that extra help that they have, they, who knows where they would be right now. But Landis got got off to a rough start. I mean, he was hurt early on. He's been playing fantastic. That it late. was it was good to see him. If we can jump into like recency bias, it was yep. good to see him get off the schneid against Anaheim. It had been a little while since he had gotten a goal, and it was really good to see him score, especially with how pretty that goal was too. Just a Terrific kind of snipe into the top left corner. It was the Landeskog one or the McKinnon one. The Landeskog one. The was Landeskog it left one? or right? Uh, it was I'm far to down. What... I remember that. Yeah, uh, the 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 McKinnon one. I remember more than the Landeskog one. But um, McKinnon himself, he got off the Schneid because he, it, which is not typical for him to go as long as he did without a goal. Yeah, uh, but it's only a matter of time before, you know, he's going to net one because he's just that skilled. So um, let's get into what you think, how this season is going to finish up for the Colorado Avalanche. What is your completely 
unbiased opinion on where the Colorado Avalanche are headed for the remainder of this season? Ooh, so that's a tough one. Uh, the biggest thing that concerns me about this team is the overtime stuff. Like I, I was reading some Colorado hockey now. I, I don't have a subscription, but I was reading like their free blurb and they led last night's game recap with they're like something like seven and 20 in overtime over the past two years. That is yeah, crazy not- to me. I, I do not understand. I, I want to ask your question. I'm sorry I didn't answer your question here, but I'm curious <laughs> as to what you as to what you think about that, because me and my me and my dad talk about this stuff and we just we cannot figure it out like they should have with Nathan McKinnon. They should have the perfect overtime team like they should mm-hmm. never, ever lose an overtime game and they, they, they can't seem to win them. What do you it think is- the issue It is one of the great mysteries of this team. I've talked about it many times on the show, and it's just something that you can't figure out with with the talent that's on this team. When you go to three on three, and you have it seems like a team built for three on three. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, with the speed that they have and the skill that they have, and you have all this open ice, uh, why they can't find a way to to close these games out in overtime? I, I cannot. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Some of it is bad luck. I mean, uh, but there's other times where there's other times where they're not even getting an opportunity and they're just giving up, giving up a goal early in the, in the OT session. And sometimes like when they do have a possession, it's just ugly. It's like, they don't know where they're going. It's gotten better. I feel uh, that the overtime game the other day against Anaheim was just, brutal not only that they'd lost it with a second left but they had opportunities and at least they're starting to get that because there was a long stretch of time where they weren't even getting like a shot on goal and you're like what what is going on here is it are are we are we just we're shooting ourselves in the foot like how 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 is this possible with the skill on this team but i have not been able to figure it out i don't know why yeah, so that is one thing that kind of concerns me. I really hope that doesn't follow this team to the playoffs because they, they are getting into the playoffs. I'm 100% confident in that in this point. I don't know how many points they have left. It feels like they should be close to clinching um, at, at this uh, point, maybe like five or six games off. But Depending on what happens with other teams and stuff like that. It, yeah, it's it's probably – I haven't honestly looked, at, looked up uh, – how it could work out for them and how early they could do it. But I mean, we're in the last month, so right. it's, it's going to happen shortly. Yeah. So I like our chances. Um, I I hope we get group hour back soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that everyone loves Pavel French though. I'm not entirely sold on him personally. Um, I think he's good, but I think he needs a break. And I, I, I think he does better when he's not playing every single night. Right. Um, so I hope Grubauer gets back soon. Also, I heard a bunch of people last night saying that that goal was his fault for some reason. Like, that shot was, like, damn near unstoppable. He went left shelf and that took a deflection off Sam Gerard's stick. Like, I don't know how you expect him to. Oh, stop the overtime that. one. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that that was. Did you think that was stoppable? Because I I watch ESPN Plus's like hockey highlight show sometimes, and Barry Melrose was like, "Oh yeah, he's totally able to stop that." And I'm like, "No, he's not. That's like top chatter. Like, there's no way you're gonna get that." It, it did the the way Gerard's stick was angled. It almost was like a launching pad for that that puck. And um, yeah, it, it was. I mean, is it stoppable? I think it was stoppable, but it was it was a difficult save to make. So you can't put that on. You can't put that solely on him. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, but I, I'm sorry, I ramble so much. Um, <laughs> it's great, man. It's I, awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I'm. Uh, I think they have a real shot to go to the conference finals. Everyone, everyone in the West scares me except the stars. And I know that's so dumb since they struggled against the stars so much this year. Yeah. Really anyone, anyone out of the central division scares the crap out of me just because they were, I, I, that was the other thing I like, I cannot figure out why they could not beat the stars or the blues this year. it, It seemed, um, it seems like they the only team they've had success against in the division is Nashville, like at all. Yeah, right. And um still, even if they ran into Nashville in the playoffs, I'd be extremely scared of them. In the Pacific, I'm scared of everyone. I think the West is generally more stacked than people are giving it credit for. I think everyone like I said at the beginning of the episode, everyone has a shot to win the cup. But mm-hmm. I, I think the Colorado Avalanche it's so hard to repeat if you're a defending Stanley cup championship. So I see St. Louis getting past the first round, but I think Colorado would beat them in the second round. Cause okay. I, I, I honestly don't think they're going to win the division. Um, they just, they have that one matchup with St. Louis at the end of the year, that could be really crucial, but I just, I don't know if they quite have the firepower to keep up with what St. Louis is doing right now. Right. Um, but I think in right. the playoffs they beat St. Louis, so I, I I'd say I think they're like a Western Conference Finals team for sure. Okay. Well, Eric, I hate to do this, but uh, yeah, we we gotta we gotta wrap it up here. But I absolutely want you back on uh, in a future episode because you're passionate about this stuff. I love stat heads, um, and you're a, you're a stat guy, so definitely, absolutely, open invitation to come back on if that's something that you're open to down the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll throw on my alternate Colorado avalanche Jersey, (laughs) which is like, man, I I dropped some coin on this when I went out to the game and I don't know last side tangent. I promise. I don't know why (laughs) they keep wearing those home uniforms. I don't get it. They need to switch to the alternate as their full-time home jersey. It's the best jersey in the NHL. But I'm definitely happy to come back whenever you need me. Absolutely. And why don't you throw out there, you said you uh, have a podcast of your own. Why don't you go plug that? Oh, yeah. No worries. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Endzone Podcast at Endzone Pod on Twitter. It's also on all your uh, podcast devices. Also, if you're an Avalanche fan, my Twitter handle is at Eric18Utah. I specifically want to shout out Nikki Fields, who I listened to on Fandom yeah. Friday, please follow me because I'd love to like get more involved with Avalanche Twitter in general. I think that'd be a ton of fun. So yeah, Nikki was a great guest on here. We're gonna have her back on probably soon as well. So awesome, man! Uh, I really, really appreciate it, Eric. We're we'll definitely have you on again. 
Um, and yeah, enjoy the rest of the season, and we'll we'll have you on sometime in the future. Sound good? Sounds good, my man. All Thank right, you. man. You got it. And we will return right after this. All right. So, yeah, Eric, how infectious is is his mentality towards uh, not only avalanche hockey, just everything in general. Just a really good guy to talk to. Uh, definitely want to have him back because uh, kind of the stuff that I typically like to get to, we didn't we didn't get to, and that that's fine. You know, we kind of went off in different directions, but uh, you can tell he is he is passionate about what he does in his work, and even you know with the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, awesome, awesome guest to have on. So, we gotta cut it short there because once again we have gone a little bit longer than uh, I'm supposed to. <laughs> but hey, like I said, when you talk Avalanche fans, I I, I hate stopping them because it, it's just great conversation with great people so if you want to be on this segment drop me a line locked on avalanche at gmail.com and we will schedule you in the fandom friday segment so uh yeah a lot of games coming up for the avalanche this month especially this weekend so we'll be covering them all on monday when the abs will be playing the second of a back-to-back against the kings on that monday but we'll see how they fare over the weekend they're all important right now so Get as many points as we can collect. Have a very good weekend, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!